This is The Playbook. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm David Meltzer, and I have these incredible co-hosts with me. But more importantly, we have an extraordinary guest, Kent Clothier. He is an extremely successful entrepreneur with real estate worldwide, CEO of that. But I'm most interested, Kent, in your second venture, the Boardroom Mastermind Group, because there's so many variants today uh, to masterminds. And, and welcome to Office Hours first. Thanks for having me. Appreciate We're so close, it. I'm just like getting right into it. <laughs> Uh, but he's someone that, you know, really uh, comes from an area where I'm from. And so many people tell me how you changed their life and how your mastermind changed their life beyond the successful business that you have. And you really pour into a community. What makes your mastermind so different that so many people, you know, come back, number one, and get more people to join? Um, I, th I think probably with the boardroom, the probably most unique thing about it is that it is it is a true mastermind in that it is designed for very high level entrepreneurs, specifically in the real estate space, um, that are looking for a really specific thing. And that is most, of, most people that get into business and into real estate specifically, they start off in this hustler phase and they, can't, they haven't figured out how to actually turn something into a business. And a lot of effort, a lot of energy is focused on trying to get people into business. There's not a lot of effort or energy really around how do I take that hustler and turn him into a real CEO? How do I turn him into a, a great business owner, a great leader, a community leader, a great husband, great wife, you know, the best version of themselves? And Boardroom is designed to kind of take that approach in, in a way where it is, it is uh, hardcore, man. You're put in a room with really high-level entrepreneurs that are all going to challenge you, hold you accountable, push you further than you've ever been pushed. And by default, uh, have higher level conversations, higher level expectations. And as the, you know, the saying goes, a rising tide raises all ships. When you do that, you know, a lot of people out there call their thing a mastermind. As you and I both know, it really is just kind of an event business. That's just not what this is. This is, this is really getting in the room several times a year, breaking it down. Hardcore people that are ripping each other's businesses apart, ripping each other's you know, lives apart and building each other back up. And again, that's why people keep coming back. Yeah, I get confused on masterminds when they're sitting on a stage trying to take pictures with Floyd Mayweather. And I was like, what, what does this have to yeah, do with the collective we, I've consciousness? Been there. <laughs> right? Exactly. And, I, and I have too. And, I, and it's a different business model. And may, maybe that's part of an experience. But I think you know, why so many people can't tell me how great that is is because it's really constructive in nature. Rick? Oh, I know. The mastermind space is just crazy. I mean, you, you get up there and you have 20 people in a day that'll just speak, right, for 15 right. minutes, but it's really a pitch fest that you're hearing. Exactly. Everybody That's else. another aspect. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. So I'm here, I mean, you, you threw out the word, you know, how do you take this hustler a lot, you know, and, and turn him into something that's actually, I would use the word sustainable. I don't think right. that you, you use that word, but hustling is not sustainable. Correct. You know, glorifying that, you know, what's your process? I mean, is it like drill sergeant? So were no, you like I mean, breaking I, down and say, look, stop I've, the stupidness? I've, I've, um, <laughs> I've been very fortunate in my career, right? Your tagline, stop the stupidness. <laughs> as, the, as the saying goes, you do it wrong enough, long enough, you figure a few things out. And uh, I've been in business for 35 years, and I was really fortunate. I was very successful at a young age, um, built a you know, multi-billion dollar business, then just as fortunate that I lost it all. And that had a profound effect on me. So they building it back up the right way and paying very close attention to what I was doing, uh, ultimately kind of looking back, gave me the framework that 
I feel, feel like at this point in my life, but more than any, that I and my team are uniquely qualified to show people, hey, I know exactly where you are, um, and there's a process, right? You got to go, you, you got to, we call it our P5. You got to really go down and understand the purpose that you're, that you're going on. Who are the prospects that you're serving? Ultimately, your customers. What's the processes you need to, that have to be put in place to streamline this and start removing yourself? Uh, probably the most important of the P5 is, you know, how do you actually manage profitability? Because when you're in a hustler mode, um, that's rarely the game. A lot of ego involved, a lot of uh, big numbers involved. And I'm sure we all know people that doing a ton of revenue, making very little money. And so changing that kind of mindset and that framework. And then ultimately the last one is how are you really focused on the progress you're making? I mean, I, I, I know I'm probably... You guys have probably had very similar experiences. You sit down with the hustler side, they don't even know how to read a balance sheet, right. uh, yeah. a financial statement, yeah. you know, a cash flow statement. They don't understand what KPIs are. And those shifts are really important. If you want to figure out how to remove yourself and turn it into a business, you have to go through those processes because that's not, that just doesn't happen naturally, at least in my experience. Oh, I love it. You're exciting me today, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, good, it's good stuff. Yeah. So my question today would be, we're going into some pretty uncertain times. The last five years, all of the new real estate investors and people that are real estate agents have really enjoyed some of the best times in real estate in decades. What do you say to the new investor that's just now getting started, someone that's really getting into it now because of the uncertain times? What would be the best piece of advice you would give them now, someone that missed that great bull run but still wants to get in now in the next year or two? Invest in cash flow. Right. Oh, well, two things. Invest in cash flow, number one. Because if you invest in cash flow today, hypothetically, if you go and buy, let's just use a single family home as an, as an example. If you go buy a single family home today and you can make it as a rental, you can make that cash flow in this environment, then the mortgage, mortgage industry today is, this is probably one of the best times ever because it's a one-way bet. We know the rates are going to go down eventually. And in real estate, that just means you're going to get to refinance at some point and make the, your cash flowing asset even better. Right. So if it works today, you're golden. Um, equally, you know, if you're just getting, in, I, would, I would really focus on what makes this industry go around. And you know, there's a mechanism in real estate called wholesaling. You and I know that very, but being able to uh, acquire properties at a discount and work with motivated sellers that are under distress and work with motivated buyers that are trying to get in and, and playing that in-between game um, is a really, really important component to understand how to do. The benefits of that in every real estate transaction, just those basic skills, is really powerful. But for this particular market, what it's doing for you is it's limiting your exposure. It's hard to get hurt when you're in and out of a deal in 24 hours. Right. Um, what I see a lot of people making mistakes, and they're paying a very heavy price for it right now, is people that got into this industry six, nine months ago, and they went off and got seduced by the 26-minute uh, television romanticized version of what it looks like to go flip a house. Right. And they bought a house <laughs> six or nine months ago and then believing they were gonna be able to sell it for something that is very different right now. And that's how you get hurt in this market. Anything, if you're not an expert at fixing and flipping properties or developing properties or new construction, you have no business trying to take that on right now, right. period. That's how you get hurt. Thank you. Okay, this is all great stuff. So obviously wins are great, but losses can be just as valuable, right? You had a successful business. You mixed family and business, which is one of the things you, you're not supposed to do, right, they say, but you guys had tremendous success. 
you left, you went out on your own, you, you had less success initially. What was the biggest lesson you learned from sort of that up and down journey of entrepreneurship to, to lead you to where you are now? The biggest lesson I learned is, um, you know, I, when I built my first business, I did it, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And so building that business, um, I became very successful very early. And from 17 to 30, I just basically never failed and built a $2 billion a year company. It was, you know, wildly successful. I believed two things that, that I learned through that journey. One, I believed my own, you know, nonsense. Uh, I was the guy. Thank God social media wasn't around back then uh, because I was the guy that believed I was untouchable. I believed I could do everything. I, I, you know, I had the fancy cars. I had the fancy houses. I just, everything, you know, you're a product of your own experience. So I just, everything that I experienced, I was turning to gold and I totally undervalued uh, the people that were around me and that had helped me do all that. And I, you know, if I could go back, I'm, I'm that, that's something that I would love to have changed about that kid. I just didn't know any better. You know, I was 22, 23 years old when I was going on. Equally, I was the guy that took a lot of pride in being the first one in the office and the last one to leave. And you know, I was there at five o'clock, I left at eight o'clock, nobody was gonna beat me, I was gonna outwork everybody. And all of that was at the expense of everything that really matters. Um, family, you know, my, my wife, my son, all these things, I always, you know, would whisper in my own ear, as I'm sure I know a lot of guys do, that, you know, I'm doing this for them. And that is completely false in my experience. That is, that is pride justifying nonsense. And the reality of it is, is that you can do, you can have it all. You just got to pay attention to the details. You got to, you know, you got to check your ego. You got to be the guy that's doing things on purpose instead of going along for the ride and letting pride get the you know, get the most of you. And so my lesson is, is that I, I learned, very luckily, I learned that lesson by losing it all. And in the second season of my life was, go, was able to go apply those lessons and, you know, live the life that I wanted to live based off that lesson. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing as I got to know you better and not of you. Uh, and thank goodness we weren't friends when we were young because we both had very similar dreams. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> in our 20s, we, we may not be here yeah. uh, racing our Ferraris you know, d down Alvarado or somewhere stupid like that. Um, but it's really interesting because this show is so incredible to bring the world's best at their careers, at the activity they get paid for. And one of the lessons that I, I've learned through the ignorant arrogance of thinking I knew what I knew and now living in hum humility that, look, right. I don't know what I don't know. But what I will do, like you do, is I'll learn it until I can explain it simply. Right. And every one of the guests, whether it's Tony Hawk or Gary Vee or Rob Deerdeck or you know John Asaroff, every single one of these thought leaders like Ken Clothier and why his mastermind so extensive is you could break it down and just make it simple. Right. right? Do you know your timing and risk tolerance? If you're buying real estate now, cash flow, invest in cash, and then be able to explain what it means. There's too much content out there that are people standing in front of cars, standing in front of houses. Exactly. They're charging you to come to these seminars, not true masterminds, but seminars, and charging you a lot of money that you could be investing into an actual asset instead of getting smoke blown up uh, yeah. the rear side. So I think the biggest lesson I've learned and have learned from you is Dave, until you can explain this simply, you don't know it, so keep your mouth shut and keep asking questions of Kent Clothier, maybe even join his mastermind as you want to get back into real estate, because 
when things go tough, that's when I lean in, knowing the difference between investment and expense, especially Amen, in real estate. Yeah. Ken Clothier, keep leading the way. I look forward to doing many more shows with you and hanging out with you much more. They always say, surround yourself with the right people and the right idea. And if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. So I'm glad I'm in the right room with guys like you. Thanks for joining us. This is Dave Meltzer on Office Hours. Appreciate you guys.